Amen, amen. Give my beautiful wife a big round of applause. <laughs> She's just awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Oh, sorry, you're going that way. Getting this whole like, stage thing happening, so it's good. Well, it's my honour to be able to bring the word to us tonight in person rather than just looking at a camera and we're looking at that camera over there at the same time. And so it's so good. Good news is we're coming out of COVID. Everyone say we're coming out of COVID. Coming out. Um, <laughs> hey, I've got to be. I've got to be honest. Ash is national great job as well. <laughs> I've got to be honest. I was a little bit nervous heading into COVID. I'm thinking, are we going to survive as a church? But I tell you what, I am so unbelievably encouraged. When I look around right now, when I think about the overflow out there, people online, we haven't just survived, but we have thrived in this season. And there's a saying, resistance is your assistance. And I'll tell you what, in, in this time where it's been a great challenge for so many of us, there's been such an increased cohesiveness among us as a family, as a unit, and also the family has even grown and broadened over the last season. And so I'm so grateful for every single one of you. And I'm going to tell you what, it's through hardship that we really discover what really matters. You know, I'm sure you'd agree with me that during COVID, we're rediscovering the truth that the substance of our life is not found in our achievements, in our goals, in our possessions, in our popularity, the substance of our life comes down to our relationships. It comes down to that one word, love, the quality of our life and love. And so for me, we could have church, we could have all the big screens and the lights as good as they are, but you know, the Bible says that without, without love, our faith means nothing. We might better have the faith to move mountains. Imagine having that much faith. We can literally speak to that mountain and somehow it disappears or it moves, it's cast into the sea. That's a big faith. But in Corinthians chapter 13, it says, you can have the faith to do that, but if you don't have love, what good is that? You know, so we want to have faith that has substance. In fact, the Bible gives us a very good litmus test, a framework to measure the veracity and the authenticity of our own faith. If we want to measure how, how much faith do I really have? You know, some, there's, there's this elusive measurement out there. What, what is my faith actually like, the substance of my faith? Well, there's a litmus test. It's something we can measure our faith against. And it comes from Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. And it says this. It says, But when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised, being uncircumcised. It's a fancy way and a weird way of saying Jew or non-Jew. You might like to say black or white, rich or poor, young or old. There's there's no difference, there's no benefit to that. But what is really important is faith expressing itself in love. What is really important when it comes to our faith in God is that our faith expresses itself in love. Love is the true litmus test to the veracity and authenticity of our faith. And what we're going to be doing tonight is answering the question, well, what is real love? What does real love look like? for us as a church, for us as individuals into the world. And so what we're going to be doing, we're going to be looking at a scripture from 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. I'm going to read it out and I'm going to pray and we're going to get into it. I'm reading from 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 to 12, and it says this. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, 
Since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one's ever seen God, but get this. If we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Well, God, we just recognize, Lord, that there's a lot of pain going on in the world. With the stuff that's going on around us in the United States and it ripples over here into Australia and all around the world. But also we know, Lord God, that here people in this room are going through all kinds of different situations. People in the overflow, people watching and listening, we know that there is pain, there's, there's heartache in the world, Lord. And we, we pray, Lord God, that we would have a fresh encounter with your love in this moment. Would you come, Holy Spirit, even right now, I just believe even, even right now, the Holy Spirit is just bringing the rain of his love, the rain of his presence to fill our hearts. Tonight, Lord God, I pray that you'd speak to us. We open up our hearts to hear from heaven. Lord, would you, would you cut, would you break into our world, into our world, into our world, Lord God, to reveal your love to us, that we will be carriers of your love to the world around us. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, well, tonight what we're going to be doing is having a look at that scripture and drawing three or four key points. We're going to dig for gold in this scripture and see how we can learn about what real love is as the great litmus test to our own faith. And so there's a lot to say about what real love looks like. You can speak for hours and hours about what real love is, but we're just going to drag a few key points from this scripture. And the first key point from this scripture is this. Real love makes the first move. Real love makes the first move. Everyone say that. Real love makes the first move. Very good. I remember when Jess and I started hanging out together. Um, we started to develop our friendship with one another. And, you know, I was like, should we date, should we not? And I set a bit of a goalpost as my birthday, the 21st of May, 2008 was um, the goalpost. I was like nervous. I tried to build up the courage to ask her out. I'm like, how am I going to do this? I'm like, I need to make the first move. And so we go for a walk down the beach, Middleton Beach in Albany. It's quite a long beach. And we're, we're going on this walk. We usually chat. And I did not hear one single word what Jess said for the whole walk. We're like walking around. She's like just talking. And I'm like just nodding and smiling. Just, you know, all I could think about was her hand. that was swinging back and forth like that. And I'm thinking... When am I gonna just just reach out? Just how am I gonna do it? Am I gonna like I'm gonna grab it when it swings back or forward? What if I miss and touch a leg? Will she think that's weird? I'm just like, man, how am I gonna make the first move? And so I'm just trying to figure this out. And I'm like, oh, we're at the end of the beach. And I'm like, I'm halfway, I've only got half the time left, and we're making our way, and I get almost to the other end of the beach. I'm just freaking out. All of a sudden, I finally build up enough courage to make the first move. And my hand, I, I, I timed it so it was back here. I timed it and I, just, I, I flung my hand out and instantly as it touched her hand, it was skin on the skin, she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> just trying to make the first move. And it got a bit awkward and, and we had to talk, 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 is that... You use words, I think it is, to discuss relationship status. And uh, good news is, a few days later, we held hands properly. It was awesome. It was one of the most electric holding hand sessions ever. Yeah, come on, give it up for holding hands. It's underrated, underrated. 
And um, you know what? I'm glad I made that first move. I took the risk because three kids later, 10 years of marriage later, it gets better and better. I just believe it's a prophetic word for some people here to make the first move. Just take a look around you, the first move. Just look out, look out. You know, there's a lot of risk in making the first move. There's no guarantee the other person will respond in the way that we'd like them to. But I love the fact that God made the first move to us. The Bible says in that scripture, it says, this is real love. Not that we love God. Not that we made the first move, but that he loved us. and He made the first move. He sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You see, our first move as humanity was actually to reject God. Our first move, Adam and Eve back into the garden went, see God, we're living life our own way. We're rejecting your authority. We're rejecting your ways and we're going to live how we like. And so as the world, our love became self-centered. It became, how can I fulfill myself? And we see the results in the world around us about humanities, what kind of love humanity have. And we see the brokenness in the world around us. But what I love about the heart of God is right at that moment of rejection, right at that very, the very beginning point, God put a plan in place. Rather than him just going, squish, it's going to start again, which he could have done. He's like, no, 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 I value, I love these people. I want to make the first move. I'm putting a plan into place to pursue humanity and to bring humanity back to myself. The Bible says that at the, even before the foundation of the world, God put a plan in place to make the first move. He made a plan that he would send Jesus into the world. In Romans chapter 5, verse 7 to 8, it says that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we responded to him, before we cared about him, before we qualified or disqualified, well, we very clearly disqualified ourselves, God made the first move. Before we got it together, before we made any promises, God made the first move to us with absolutely no guarantee that we would respond to him. God loves us that much. And then the verse goes on to say, back to our key scripture, it says, since God loves us that much, surely we ought to love each other. Wow. God made the first move to us, regardless of how we would respond to him. He was so vulnerable on that cross, bloodied and naked on that cross, destroyed and and crucified by his very creation. And in him, this is his love language to us. I loved you so much, I made myself so vulnerable to the point that I'll be naked, bloodied and beaten by the very ones that I've made the first move to. Yet he was rejected by the very ones he was sent to. And since God loved us that much, surely we ought to love each other. You know, God calls us to make the first move. God calls us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, real love is when we make the first move regardless of what people's response will be to us. It's up to us to forgive first. What? I tell you what, it's up to us to ask forgiveness first. I mean, this is okay sometimes to forgive people out there somewhere, this faceless, but to actually ask forgiveness and to forgive the people that are closest to you, it's like, that's another thing. I mean, I know for Jess and I, we've, got, we've had plenty of moments where it's like, I'm not making the first move. <laughs> you need to make the first move. And we're both seething in our corners, probably especially me. Um, and, but it's so hard sometimes to make that first move. It, it, it's painful. It's, 
It's humbling it. It's like so not our natural sinful bent, but God calls us not to be like us. He calls us to be like him and to make the first move, to reach out first, to cross dividing lines first. It takes courage, but I tell you what, real love makes the first move. You know, real love will always cost us something. Back to my cool story. Um, you know, there's been times where I'd hug Jess and be like, Jess, I love you. And, and I wouldn't quite get the response I was kind of looking for. She's like, ah, oh, thanks. I'm like, yeah, but like, I love you. You know, like, love and stuff. Thanks. I'm like, can I? And, and it just didn't quite get the response. But then other times, well, I've decided to actually pick my jocks up off the floor and... Um, do the washing, wash the dishes, take the bin out, make the bed, all those kind of things. I won't even tell Jess I love her. And all of a sudden, she's like all over me and we're heading towards the bed. And it's just like, whoa. <laughs> Let's just be real. Tip for the married guys. Make your bed. And you'll end up back in it. Okay. Um, whoa. Flick. You're just encouraging me. The truth is that, preach it. The truth is that uh, words aren't enough, but the the substance of our love needs to end up in action that actually costs us something. God didn't just say that He loved us, He proved it with His action. It says that God showed in that key scripture, it says, God showed how much He loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. God paid the greatest price, the greatest price. He wasn't second best, third best, tenth best, that'll do. He gave the number one most precious thing in the universe, which his very own son, he gave for you. So great is his love for you. It costs Jesus his life. We see the scripture in 1 John chapter 3, 16 to 18. It says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. It's like, whoa, that's, wow, they're inseparable. Jesus gave his life up for us in the same way now we're invited to be like him and to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother and sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let's show the truth by our actions. It's a confronting scripture. In James chapter 2, verse 14 to 18, that was the left punch, here's the right punch. From James, it says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, this is going back to the authenticity of our faith, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Can that really make that much of a difference? Suppose you see a brother or sister has got no food or clothing and you say, catch ya, have a good one, stay warm, keep well, eat well. (laughs) That's cruel. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What, What good does that do? What good is that faith? You see, faith by itself isn't enough. No matter how many Christian posts or Christian t-shirts we wear, it's not enough unless it produces good deeds. And good deeds is just love in action. 
unless it produces good deeds, is dead and useless. Now, some will argue, well, some people have faith, other people have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have, if you don't back it up with love in action, with good deeds? I'll sh- but he said, but I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. The truth is that real love will cost you. Real love will cost you something. You know, for Jesus, it cost him his life. When he was walking on the earth, it cost him his reputation. Now, the Bible says that Jesus hung out with these notorious sinners, with these notorious sinners. He didn't agree with their behavior, but he saw the intrinsic eternal worth and he wanted to give them that love. He wanted to show them that value. And so he spent time with the people in the fringes of society, those who were despised and cut off by the religious elite and by the people in the in crowd. But Jesus found a way to hang out with both the rich and the wealthy and the popular and the religious crew, but also the people who were despised on the edges. And what it did is it cost Jesus his reputation. You know, what if real love cost you your reputation? What if real love cost you what people thought of you? What if real love meant that it cost you finance, possessions? What if it cost you your time and energy? And, you know, just in the same way that Jess mentioned earlier, we are unbelievable, proud and grateful for you, for Everlife. You know, at the end of last year, beginning of um, the year, when the fires hit the East Coast, and we asked us as a church to raise money to give water to a family who had their water supply cut off through the fires, and you were able to raise that money so quick and were able to send a tank over there for them to have water for their family. I love that love in action. And then at a time during COVID where we could lock down the battens and lock down the, you know, and be very self-centered, we invited you to give generously over that week into people who live in the slums of India who are literally locked, some of them, in their slums. You can't get out to work or access food. And because of your generosity, we were able to feed well over 1,500 people during the season. Yeah, come on, that's good. Give each other a big round of applause. So good. Sacrificial giving, loving action. You never even met them before. You didn't meet that family over east before. You didn't meet these people in the slums before, in Delhi. And, and I love the fact that we as a church are about love in action. We don't just talk about it. I've also seen... Some of you, you're, you've made the choice to follow Jesus. It's cost some of you relationships. Where some of your friends are like, I don't want to really hang out with you anymore, starting to withdraw. I've seen some of you have given up well-paying jobs to decide to do internship at Everlife. Well-paying jobs to decide to do internship. Love, real love, always costs us something. And then finally, real love is God with skin on. Real love is like God with skin on. Um, I remember when Jess and I, before we went to India for the first time on our honeymoon, we wanted to experience what India was like, so we watched Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> Who's watched that? Give us your hands up if you watched Slumdog Millionaire. Maybe uh, online, why don't you put your hand up? Not that I can see it, but Slumdog is a great movie. And, and we decided also to go to an Indian restaurant to taste Indian food. I read a book about people's experience in India. And it was almost like I got to experience India before I actually stepped into India. And the truth is that when we love each other, when we love and serve the world with real love, real love that costs us something, then they begin to encounter the reality of God's love. They begin to have a taste tester of what God's love is. And I love the last part of our key scripture from tonight, 1 John 4 verse 12. 
It says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. It is such a powerful picture. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God's love lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. You might not have been to India, but when you hang out, when you go to the Indian restaurant, when you watch Slumdog Millionaire, when you read these books, you begin to taste India and you want to get over the plane and then experience the real thing for yourself. You know what? When people walk into an atmosphere of love like this, when like TK and Devota were talking about, they experience the reality of God's love for them. So many people that have come to Everlife have, have, have told me that they begin to experience God's love through our love with one another. You know, we've got a saying at church that says, you belong before you believe. There's no membership here. You've got to believe certain things, tick the boxes, then you belong. No, no, you, you belong. You absolutely belong no matter what you believe. The amazing thing is, is that as you begin to encounter the reality of God's love for each other, you begin to taste and see, wow, I want to now get on the plane and I want to experience the real thing. Now I want to begin a relationship with God. I want to literally step into heaven. I want to take hold of who God is. And I've seen this all throughout church. I remember in my youth group leadership days, there was a boy called Twinkie. And um, I remember when Twinkies first started coming to youth group, he's never been to church before. He didn't know about God before. He's like, I don't know about this stuff. But about two or three weeks in, we, we were sitting in a group. And we're like, hey, Twinkie, how's, how's, how's it been hanging out here? And he's like, oh, you know, I just... I just really love it here. You know, usually my, my friends make fun of me because of my weight and everything. His name is Twinkie. And, um, but I come here and all of a sudden I just feel so loved and accepted by you guys. And I was like, so beautiful. And then a few weeks later, his heart began to open to God and he had one of those powerful encounters with God that I've ever seen someone have. And it began, yeah, so good. Give God a round of applause. He's so good. But it started with the love that he experienced. Again, no one's ever seen God. He didn't see God yet. But if we love each other, God's love lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. You know, the church is Jesus' body on earth. Literally. And we're together. And then we, as we go out into our own world, we are, you are God with skin on. You're not God, but you get what I'm saying. You are God with skin on. You carry God's love. And they have a test taster. When they experience your love, real love that costs you something, then they begin to have a taste test and their heart begins to soften to go, maybe I'm going to take the real thing. Maybe I'm going to open up my heart to actually experience the reality of God's love for myself. You know, so many people come to Everlife that have really battled with anxiety. And the Bible says love casts out all fear. I'm seeing anxiety just begin to dissipate, begin to fall on people's lives as they encounter the reality of God's love for them, and it's so powerful. So I would love us to be a church that is defined by love, a church and a people that make the first move. Imagine if every single one of us go into our world, we're like, I'm going to make the first move. I'm going to make the first move to forgive. I'm going to make the first move to humble myself and ask forgiveness. I'm going to make the first move to cross that awkward dividing line over there and put myself out there. I'm going to risk. I'm going to risk being rejected. I'm going to make the first move. Let's be bold and courageous people filled with the love of God. You know, let's refuse to love in a way that doesn't cost us something. But let's love with true value to give people the value they deserve. Not just saying we love, but let's be a church 
love in action. And let's understand that when we show people love, they encounter the reality of God's love together in Jesus' name. How love us just to stand up together just in this moment. Now, the last thought is this, is that real love starts with God. Real love starts with God. Where's, where's the starting place? Do we need to dig deep in, 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 our, in ourselves somewhere to find this love? You know what? Real love starts with God. You know, often when I put Leanna, our beautiful six-year-old daughter, to bed, and I'm saying, good night, Leanna. She just looks up at me. She says, Daddy, I love you. I'm like, oh, oh she loves me. She loves me. And, and then she says, and Dad, I love Mummy. like, oh. And I love Oscar and Winter and Grandma and my cousins. And I love everyone in the whole world. And I'm like, where does this love come from? And it's so beautiful because what I see is, is the results of us pouring love into Leanna. Pouring this love into Leanna that she's tasted. And then from the overflow, it just flows. It's an overflow. And I don't doubt as well that she, she does. She encounters the reality of God's love. You know what? Real love starts with God. You're not asked to find some obscure location of love that is unreachable, but real love starts with us actually receiving the love of God for ourselves. You know, there's a saying that says, hurting people hurt people. And the world is full of hurt. And hurting people hurt people. But you know what? People that receive love have love to give. And the starting point, for each one of us is that we receive the true source of all love, that God, our Creator, loved us. He loves you so much that He held nothing back but gave it all on the line so that you might, in the hope of your life, encounter His love for you. Not that you'd sign up to membership for a church or join a club or act all christian or whatever. All He wants is for you to receive His love Go, God, now I want to live my life as a love song back to your love that you made the first move. And, you know, tonight we're just going to spend a few moments just to receive his love in faith. So why don't you just right now, just across the room, maybe right now on your own watching this online, why don't you just close your eyes or lift your hands no matter where you are in the overflow room over there as well. Don't worry about the person to the left or to the right behind you. Why don't you just receive right now, believe Holy Spirit, Lord, in a hurting world, in a world where there is pain, you have compassion. You are a compassionate God. You understand our weaknesses, God. You care for every single one of us. And just in the quietness of this moment, would you just come, fill us with your love. Just receive his love right now. Just believe, I just see God's love beginning to push out fear, to push out worry, to push out anxiety. Come Holy Spirit, bring a warmth, bring a peace. I see burdens lifting, hate leaving, fear fleeing, rest coming. We receive your love in this moment, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, also what we're going to do in this moment as well you can open your eyes and look at me now. I believe as well that there's people here in this room or maybe people in the overflow watching 
But you've actually yet to take God's hand. He's made the first move. He's, he's reached out his hand just like I did to Jess on the beach. And so the question is, will you receive his love? Will you accept his love? Now we've made it clear all along. Real love is the fact that God sent Jesus to die for you, to take on the burden of our sin. You know, sin is like the disease, like COVID, that you just can't wash away. There's no, it, the only antidote to sin, the only thing that can cleanse us and free from sin is Jesus, his death on the cross 2,000 years ago that washed away our sin. And not only did he die on the cross, but he rose again three days later to give us hope beyond even this good but broken world into eternity. And so the decision is left up to us. Will we, will we receive his love? Will we take his hand? And what we want to do in this moment, as we do every single service, is to give you an opportunity to say, yes, God, I'll take your hand. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. The fact that Jesus died for me so I could be forgiven and have a relationship with God, my creator, the source of all love for you. And maybe it's the first time that you're going to take his hand in this moment. I'm going to say a prayer with you in a moment. Maybe you've, you've slipped away from God for so many years, but this is your moment to draw a line in the sand and to take his hand again. And so what I'm going to do is say a prayer with you, and I invite you to pray this prayer with me. And so if we could all close our eyes once again here in this room and in the overflow as well. What I'm going to ask you to do, and even if you're watching or listening online, it might feel a bit weird, but why don't you do this anyway? If that's you with, with people's eyes closed in this room, if that's you in this moment, and you want to say yes to Jesus, and you want to take his hand, and you want me to include you in this prayer, why don't you right now just lift up your hand nice and high so that I can see it, so that I know who I'm praying with. Thank you, Lord. That is awesome. I want to give a few more moments. That's awesome. I see the hand at the back. Thank you so much for that courageous decision. You can put your hand down now. Thank you so much for that. If there's people in the overflow or people online, we just don't want to rush this moment. This is the most powerful decision you could ever make to tap into the source of real love. Just one more opportunity. If that's you, maybe your heart's beating fast. You might not understand all of it, but you want to say yes to God in this moment. If that's you, why don't you put it in your hand nice and high so I can see it. Thank you, Lord. Hey, I don't know if there's people in the overflow room online, but hey, let's just thank this one person for making such a bold and courageous decision. So good. Hey, we're going to all pray this. We're going to all pray this prayer together. And this prayer basically says, God, thank you that you love me. Would you forgive me? I'll give my life to you. Would you fill me with your love? Why don't we repeat this prayer after me? Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me. I put my faith in Jesus. Would you forgive me for my sin? Would you wash away my shame? And I believe that you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. I surrender my life into your hands. Would you fill me with your love? Fill me with your peace and lead me through this life until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, come on, let's thank God together for His goodness to us. So good. Awesome.